0: Welcome to the Winning Move Podcast. I'm your host, Stratton Brown. I interview successful entrepreneurs from around the world to see what moves they've made in their lives to get successful and more importantly, stay successful. I'm here to make sure you can create a better life for you and your family. Let's tune in. Hey guys, welcome to the Winning Move Podcast. It's been a long... It's been almost a month and some change since we've actually been live talking to you guys. I've been off for a little while, traveling for a little bit. I was in Salt Lake, and I had no service. I was out in the boonies. Didn't have any good Wi-Fi service. My face is all pixelated. looked like dog shit. But we have some awesome guests on for you guys today. A good friend of mine, Daniel Martinez, and his business partner, Anthony. Um, They're going to be talking a lot about land investing. And I really do think it's a really untapped niche. And it's a lot less competitive, right? I know you guys, most of my listeners are in the real estate business to where we market to all the same homeowners, market all the same niche lists. And it you, it's pretty much a race to the bottom as far as profits go, like in, in all reality. And we'll talk about like the different business you went into to where I personally believe there's a different barrier to entry. And so it's less competitive, right? Like we have competitors, but instead of having 30, we have four in these industries that like we've both decided to go into and try and make the best possible product. But we'll start off, guys. Um, introduce yourself, Anthony. Hey, everybody. My name is Anthony
1: Guyona. I'm from San Antonio, Texas. I've been investing in real estate for about two and a half years. I have a 15 year marketing background. So, No stranger to marketing. So I came into real estate not knowing anything about real estate at all. Never been to a closing, never been to a title company. And then um, I led with marketing. So I just did a ton of marketing in my first 30 days at a contract like at day 40, you know, when I from when the the time I heard the term wholesaling until I got my first contract was probably, you know, I want to say like 60 days or something. So I just I only know marketing, you know, less about real estate. And it's led us to some pretty cool places leading uh, your real estate career with uh, or business with marketing.
0: That's dope. And I've, um, I'm going more and more down the marketing channel than I am like the sales channel. Like I'm starting like Russell Brunson, I put, what is it? The $100 million offer today is one book I was reading to where now the marketing side is more interesting than I thought it ever would be. Yeah, I really enjoy it, man, because it, it kind of
1: takes away a lot of like the, the, the need to have like specific training or a sales background or have all these uh, special closes or to know too much about subject two or creative or ROI and cap rate and all these confusing terms. Um, if you're doing enough marketing, then uh, it makes the sales side like you know hands hands free. It makes it completely easy. Like you could just trip over a deal, is what we call it.
2: Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. And introduce yourself, Daniel.
2: So I'm uh, Daniel Martinez. I am a investor. I own a data company, and I'm part owner of the Hive Mind. Um, I've been in real estate for me and Anthony actually learned from uh, Jalen White back in the day. So we both took this course, and that's how we ended up meeting. So it's been a it's been a crazy like three year journey, and we've been. Uh, We ended up partnering about last year, so it's been awesome.
0: Wow. So you started off with Jalen Light's course?
1: Yeah, Yeah, we both did. That's the first course I ever bought. Yeah, I didn't know anything about real estate. Just found a guru on YouTube, bought his
0: course. Let's go. (laughs) That's the way everybody does. How Mm did I even get mine? I met Daniel and Steve's thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. we We met the real estate disruptors. Yeah, I met you with Steve's thing. But let's talk about... So how did you guys get into land first? Like, was your first contract land? Was it wholesaling? What was that? Man, the the game chose me. (laughs)
1: Uh, I'm a general contractor and a licensed home builder. Uh, I've been in in that trade, you know, in San Antonio since I was born. So I thought I'm going to be a house flipper, right? So I'm watching the real estate disruptors, all that. I'm going to flip some houses because I got the license. I got the knowledge. I got the background. I'm going to kill it in this game. So I started running, a, I did everything for marketing. I did a pay-per-click on Google, uh, I pulled like half a million records, RVM did, started text blasting it. Um, I got like a thousand bandit signs. So I just started just doing marketing, like whatever I could think of, whatever everybody else was talking about. So I'm just gonna just tap all channels and whatever I get a response, I'll stick with that. So the very first lead I got was a pay-per-click lead off of Google. It was a house uh, on the South side of San Antonio. Uh, again, I don't even know what to do yet. So I just grabbed you know one of the guys on the Facebook page and I went with him to the house and he helped me sign the contract that night. Man, when I got there, I talked to this lady on the phone for like an hour, like at 12, 1 in the morning. So I go to her house. She said, yeah, hey, well, come tomorrow at 5 or whatever. So I show up like 4.45, knock on the door, and she looks like she saw a ghost. And there's a guy already at the kitchen table signing documents with her. I'm like, what? She was like, I thought that was you. I thought that was the one I was talking to. I'm like, no, I'm, you know, I don't even know who's here. What are you talking about? So after some back and forth and some some live bidding right there on the spot, um, I left with the contract, so,
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, we got that guy off the table. I told that lady, I said, look, here's what's going to happen. I said, this guy's not going to give up. You know, he's relentless. I don't know where he came from. Neither did, she didn't even know where he came from. And I said, "But here's what he's going to tell you. He's going to say that no matter what I offer, he's prepared to offer more. And I said, if he says that phrase, he's a liar. Get him out of here. And sure enough, she's like, he said exactly what you said he was going to say. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. We, you know, we got that deal but um that one didn't close first so that wasn't my first deal that closed um i want to say maybe a couple weeks later two three three weeks later i get a, a notification on my phone my email that i got a new lead and it says china and i'm like okay here we go with the spammers um so i just dialed the number right it's like 12:30 at night and whatever hey i'll call the lady back if she filled out the form and see what happens and she answered man and she was american and we talked for like an hour you know she told me she wanted how much she wanted for this farm and uh it sounded like a really good deal, um, so I, I just went ahead and so I made her an offer, offered her a little bit more than she wanted, just because I thought it was going to be a really good one. And uh, yeah, we did eighty-five on that deal. So I was like, okay, you know, that kind of like takes away the whole that like, thing in my mind about getting a house and fixing it up and then selling it after six months or a year and trying to make thirty or forty or fifty in profit, you know, off that deal. I'm like, wow, we just did almost a hundred, you know, on one land deal, with, with no money out of pocket. So I'm like, there's probably something to this land thing. So that's how we kind of started venturing off in that direction well
0: 85 off a of land and you offered her more generally yeah, it was never to offer people what they want just because you know, like they'll get fired a seller's remorse
1: it's, it's kind of funny because that's uh, as a rule of thumb people are like don't ask them don't offer the price you offer them lower hit them lower i uh, kind of always offer them what they want you know in, in the land because a lot of times they you know there's not too many comps people don't know how to comp it and a lot so a lot of these sellers um I just use like the assessed value as the ARV. And usually in their mind, they think that's what the property's worth. Like, well, the county has it appraised at 94,000, so that's what I got to get. And I'm like, all right, sounds good to me. <laughs> sounds fine because I know that's not retail. Um, and then when other people that have uh, that I've approached, like when, especially when I first started, I approach people with my land deals and they're like, oh no, it's, it's 94, that's what she wants for it. And then bang, I turn around and sell that one, make 55,000. So I'm like, oh crap, a deal that nobody would touch. I was trying to assign it for $3,500. You know, and we did over 50K on that one. So I'm like, yeah, okay, land is where it's at. You know, I'm not looking at houses anymore. So we'll flip like maybe five houses a year or something, maybe do one remodel a year, like one rehab. But everything's been all land, 100%. Yeah, like well, 99% anyway.
0: Dude, that's a game changer. Like for so most people, your assignment fees are anywhere from like, I'd say in the smaller markets, you're in like the fives. And then I'd say on average, you're up at like 25s. When you're done. to like LA, San Diego, you can get some big rips but nothing like land. Is the escrow pro- process any different? Like exactly the same. It's, it's the
1: exact same game with a different product. That's it. Everything's no identical. No different inspections, no anything. There's no inspections, man. There's no, nobody's going to come look at it. You know, nothing like that. It's just, and we bought them in sight unseen, you know, just bought and sold sight unseen. <laughs> the buyers are like, hey, so can somebody off. come show me the property? We're like, nope, there's a lock on the gate.
2: Let yourself in and let us know if you want to buy it. <laughs>
0: Mm.
1: That's the easiest thing ever.
2: Yeah. So uh, my, my first deal was actually a land deal. It's kind of funny. Uh, my first deal was actually a land deal in Florida. I lived in Georgia at the time. And uh, I was doing PPC at the time, same thing as him. And uh, somebody uh, messaged me. And back then I was scared. I, like, I was scared to talk to him on the phone. So like every lead that came in, I would just email. So I would email, <laughs> email, email. And uh, <laughs> I actually got this contract via email. It took like 15 emails. I never talked to the seller. Um, I never saw the property in Florida. I sold it on marketplace in—I uh, think it was about three days—for uh, a six thousand dollar assignment fee, and I never saw the property to this day. I never even been to that part of Florida, and I contacted kind of it all via email. And like the day before close, the seller actually called me. He's like, "Hey, the deal supposed to close tomorrow." I'm like, "Yeah, it's closing tomorrow. All right, perfect." And I never spoke to ever again.
0: <laughs> so, Do you see less of an attachment from all these sellers to this piece of land? Because when Dude, we marketed for yeah. land, bro, like they were just unreasonable. And we only did like an in Fresno tour market to them. And these fuckers wanted extreme amounts of money for a piece of land next to a freeway that nobody could build on. Right. And so it's like, I want 70,000. Like, bro, we can't give No,
1: I, yeah, there's no attachment at all. And then it's actually the exact opposite. So sometimes I actually hate the land. Like, yeah, like I'm just, I'm sick of paying for this thing. Like, it's, it's, I'm underwater on it. You know, I, if you could just have it. You know, if you, if you pay the back taxes on it or if you pay like the whatever the association fees, like I'll just give it to you. You know, I had a guy he bought and by Austin, uh, like in the Lakes area, it, that area was dead for a long time and now starting to pop. Um, but he called me, said he paid for a piece of property up there like 15 or 17,000 after closing and everything. And he said I could have it for $500. He was like, if you don't want it, I'm just going to just donate it to the UT Health Science Center. He's like, I just want to take it off my books. So yeah, sometimes people hate the land.
2: I contracted a property for $250. <laughs> yeah so I'm, I'm running three acres, running, three acres for 250 dollars i'm like I'm, I'm running
1: ads uh pay-per-click ads and this guy fills out the form and he gives us the address um the details on it and so it says like property details when you want to put like an acre and all that other stuff and he, he puts his, his property description was i have 10 acres i want ten thousand dollars so i just called him and just said hey where do i send the contract to you you didn't have to talk to him at all yeah, so that's kind of what we come across in land. It's weird, man. It's a weird niche.
0: I um, I locked up a piece of land one time for $1, but then the back taxes were too much. Do you run into stuff like that where you just can't get shit sold? You're muted. How about now?
2: There you go. Yeah.
1: Okay, I got a phone call. Yeah, so my phone got all goofy right now, and it was showing like my screen was thinking about it. Um, yeah, man. So we have bought properties like that, you know, that that had back taxes on them. And then it kind of didn't make sense to pay the taxes, close on it and then try to resell it right in that retail market. So what I've done a couple of times now is just like go to like a wholesale situation and let the buyer know, like, hey, this thing has thirty five hundred bucks in back taxes, you know, but I'm not going to pay that. You know, I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll sell it to you as is. You know, we'll close privately, but I'm not paying the taxes you are. So then as long as they just sign all the paperwork that says, yeah, they know there's a tax lien on it and that's going to be their problem from here on out, you know, and it, it's been fully disclosed and they get a signature and all this, go everything I do goes through my attorney, big deals and small deals. So he makes sure that everything's structured properly on paper. But yeah, we'll sell properties with liens attached to them, you know, as long as the person knows what they're buying. And we'll also buy properties. With,
0: yeah. Yeah. No we'll title company. With, you just kind of run it all yourself. Yeah. Right? Your nope, attorney yeah. Runs
1: it. Yeah, we're happy to buy properties without title insurance. You know, properties with like broken chain of title that are non-insurable, partial interest. So if we just buy like ten percent of a property or twenty percent of a property, you know, we'll take those all day because other people walk away from them, and those have been some of our best deals. So how are you making money on a twenty percent of a piece of property? Um, it really depends, man. Because like, there's one right now that's up north Texas by like Jacksonville. Um, uh, it's 33 acres and the family wanted, I think like 30,000 or 40,000. turns out that the brother and sister only own like 14% of the property and they were willing to sell me their interest for $3,000. So it's like, okay, I'll take, con- I'll take control of 33 acres fenced in for three grand, you know, and if nobody ever comes and challenges me for it, well, I got use of a 30 acre property and then maybe in, you know, eight or 10 years, maybe file for adverse possession or something like that. But it's like when you've been paying, yeah, taxes. yeah, I'm down to gamble.
0: That. That's pretty wild, dude.
2: He's he's done. Uh, we've we've done deals with people in prison too. So
1: mm-hmm. twice, yeah. We've twice. connected with two people that were behind bars. Yeah, and, and so, sent, sent documents to them and all that.
0: Uh, so with this last one, they had fourteen percent. No one like and no one else knows whoever the hell owns it.
1: Yeah, they said they don't even know who the other family members are. So uh, my goal was, hey, throw three thousand at them. Go ahead and take possession of the property. Put some no trespassing signs. And, yeah, do a little bit of outreach, you know, see if anybody, you know, wants to take, you know, if they want to sell a portion of their interest, see if I can find anybody. If not, yeah, like I said, just hang on to it. I can use it all I want now. I'm the rightful owner. I bought it. Um, And if anybody comes to contest that, well, then like, yeah, like, hey, you know, I bought this 14% interest for three grand. I'd offer you a similar number for your percentage. Right. But if I've been maintaining the property, keeping it up, doing all that stuff, you know, yeah, I feel comfortable with that deal, especially at that price point
2: and this this is in texas so different laws different states adverse possession laws and different stuff yeah like that. so right now yeah i've been
1: doing only texas for the last two and a half years but of course like with the hive mind we're getting nationwide partners so now we're looking into learning laws from other states we've connected with some probate attorneys or or the probate attorney in florida you know we connected with some people who do broken chain of titles in california now in la i just hung out with them last night so
0: yeah we're, we're just kind of learning each state as we go bro that's that's blowing my mind and so those, I mean, that's a smoking deal, 30 acres. What are you going to do with the 30 acres? Like you're going to build on I it? actually found a guy local, you know, because what I do,
1: whenever I get a deal, whether I buy it or not, I kind of just set up ghost ads on Facebook. So it's an ad that doesn't point at the property. Um, it, okay. it doesn't say what the address is. There's no pictures of the property. It's just an ad that says 33 acres and, you know, I'll take 120 for it. And then my phone started lighting up. And this is before I knew that they only had a 14% interest. So one of the gentlemen that called me said, hey, will you lease it out for hunting? So I said, hey, well, if you go fill up the feeders and, you know, help me maintain the property, make sure the fence is intact and do all that stuff, you know, then we'll work, work out something so you can hunt there. So this thing's like, you know, 500 miles from me. So if I, if I can have somebody local taking care of it and, you know, just keeping it hunting ready or whatever, right? So can think about leasing it or yeah. there's a million things you can do with it to hang on to that property. That, you got that shit figured out.
0: Where are you finding yeah. most of your buyers? You just finding them all off of Facebook?
1: Yeah, mostly for the most part. I, have done, um, no, uh, I haven't sold anything to investors at all. I don't even have a buyer's list for investors. So I'll run an ad on Facebook and I'll generate buyers that way. And then I'm connected with some EXP agents. So they'll take like a, a, a zip code or whatever, or the app, the property address, and then he'll pull all the local agents around that property address and they'll send them all a text blast. So we've been selling only retail, man, like 99% retail. We don't sell anything undervalue If anything, we sell everything over retail value.
0: And are these buyers coming in with cash? Like how are you set it up on the front end? Is it like a wholesale or are you just like the person bringing in conventional finance? Man, I almost only double close. And a lot
1: of these buyers just bring cash for land. It's a cash game almost because even they, everybody kind of already knows that banks don't even lend on land. So the people that buy it, I mean, they come in hot, man. They come in hot and ready. So like maybe I should be saying this on live camera, but I've had several people show up to the closing table with like a bag of cash. So it's like, uh, yeah, you got to go to your wow. bank, and uh, you better go find a money lender somewhere.
2: <laughs> yeah, like, the other thing is, it's great for creative finance too. So you can sell it overvalued yeah. with a down payment and just cut cash flow. Yeah, we How? had one that was
1: a tax that was assessed at 105, and we sold it for 225. So yeah, we're, we're looking to sell like way above retail. Like people How even message me on Facebook. Ones are you guys doing?
0: Like, are you what? creating a significant amount of cash flow off of those, or are you just wholesaling them more off?
1: I did one deal where I'm like cash flowing like 6,700 a month. Um, So it's like some of them are good. I have one that's 400, you know, so it's cool because you can create notes out of thin air, right? So you have a a tract of land. I was buying five acres for 8,000, like an hour South of San Antonio. And then I sold it for 8,000 down and then 400 a month for five years. You know, so I sold it for like, I don't know, 32 or 33 grand or something like that. When I got it for 8,000.
0: Talk to me about your 6,700 bucks a month. How yes. in the world did you create that thing?
1: So that was a deal. It was a 10-acre tract. Dude, this was this was actually nothing out of pocket to me. So there was like a $40,000 foreclosure on it. Uh, we brought in a buyer that had 80 grand. So he paid off the $40,000 for the foreclosure. You know, just the $40,000 went into our pocket. And then they said, we'll pay it off roughly like in a year, 18 months. So that's a number that they agreed to. 5% interest like at $6,400 and some change or $6,500 and some change a month.
0: like that. It's not a bad deal at all. No.
1: Jeez, yeah, so that's why we, we like it, man. It's like say what you will. Now, I know I love Burr and Houses and all that. I know it's a good game. I, I know people are capturing houses for free, but you know, if we could find deals where, like I said, like where if we're gonna pick it up for ten or twelve thousand and then we turn around and sell it for ten or twelve thousand down, but we sell it for thirty nine thousand or fifty nine thousand, you know, you're creating notes with no out of pocket expense at all, no credit check, no down payment, no nothing. So we're just trying to find as many of those as we can. And I realized early on that it was a low volume game. You know, I know you're not going to find 22 of those in a month, but like, okay, so what if we educate the whole country on how to find these types of deals? You know, then we're just 50-50 with everybody in the country. So that's what we're looking at now.
0: Man, you're, and I, I'm not a big house guy either. I'm really not, especially with land. Like, So what, ex, what headaches would you have that come with your notes? Like, and I know, but like explain this to the audience, like what would they even have to worry about if they created a note like that?
1: You know, I haven't ran into any problems yet with like not getting paid on a note or something, but I would think that's it. Like the end buyer decides to not pay you. And then worst case, you foreclose on them and then resell it again for full price. Exactly. And what I've heard from other colleagues is that, you know, they, let's say they, they sold, bought it for 10, sold it for 40, and then the person defaults. Well, by the time they go to resell it again, now it's worth forty nine or fifty nine. So it's like not only can you resell it, but you can also resell it for higher than you sold it the first time. So worst case scenario, you get the property back and you get paid twice. No, and they're not making any more land either. That's something that's special, right? Because um, no matter where you look in any major metropolitan area, I mean, there's only certain amounts of parcels around. And so I've had people message me on Facebook a ton of times now, like LOL and laughing faces, and like, hey man, you guys are selling that way too high good luck. You're never going to sell it. And then like a week or two later, we sell it for full price or above, you know? So it's like, it depends how bad somebody wants that piece of land. And with houses, it's like coming from hedge fund buyers. Like everything's more based off of like how much you're going to make per month. And we have these fixed numbers and yeah. we can't break our spreadsheet, but when you're dealing with re- retail in buyers of land, they're happy to break the spreadsheet. They don't even know what a spreadsheet is. So they're, they're happy to pay 10 or 20 or 30% over asking. So we're, a lot we're selling right now, Um, the realtor that I'm working with, he didn't want to blast it out. He said, everything in that area of that size is selling for like 60 grand. And I'm like, well, yeah, but this one has utilities and all that stuff. He's like, no, that's just too much. I don't want to mess with it. Okay. We just sold it for full price without him. Yeah. So people are happy to overpay for land for whatever reason.
0: And so you're only doing stuff in Texas. And is there a reason for that? Is that just where all your marketing was?
1: That's all. That's all I knew. Yeah. So like I've, I've had a construction company for almost 20 years. So I'm used to running traffic in my own backyard. So it was just like mindset, you know, like, oh, I can run traffic around San Antonio an hour plus. And then so when I started doing land, I noticed that the, the larger geographic area that I covered, the cheaper the leads got. So I automatically just kind of opened it up for the whole state of Texas. And then three of the biggest deals that I've done so far have been in these tertiary markets in cities that I've never heard of before. So that That's was big, kind
2: right?
1: of uh, the, what do you, the deal size. Yeah, tell me about those three deals one was at farm in, in Fort Worth. So that one's 85. And then one was in Page, Texas, 19 acres. That one turned out to be 55. And then I guess the other one that, that I was referring to of the three big deals was the one here in San Antonio. Yeah. You know, that one's 155 profit. And then now, of course, we're doing uh, some other deals. So one of the our new Hive members came on, I think she's 23 years old, never been in real estate before, Never not even a homeowner she brought us a deal 107 acres where we'll we should clear about maybe 700 on that one it was like 812 but we brought in uh, 200 in, in private money so we're going to end up probably with like seven um and then i have another one working in castroville right now where we're scheduled to make between six and seven so um yeah man leading the bigger and better things in the land game is, and they weren't so there's no looking back for
0: us you know. seven hundred thousand dollars and just to put this in perspective for everybody listening bro you're not making a seven hundred thousand dollars assignment fee off of a house, unless you're in LA. Ever,
1: yeah, ever, yeah. Unless you sell some four million dollar mansion, you know, facing the ocean or something. So that's what I love about Landman is that it's it's literally limitless, right? A lot of the killing we've done has only been in Texas, and we haven't even scratched the surface yet of what's about to happen you know, as we expand into more markets. So, yeah, really excited to like just kind of bring this new idea or technology or platform to the environment to the market and see what kind of deals we can do because now we have people from all over the country sending us deals here. And then, you know, we're sending them deals over there now. So it's like we can kind of rapid fire deals back and forth. It's interesting times, man. And it's pretty cool because like, I would think that somebody that's like far more intelligent than me would put this together or build it. And it's like, we kind of like accidentally put this together. We accidentally put together the strategies. I didn't even know what creative was or sub two when we did our first deal. Um, I didn't know what an innovation agreement was, never heard any terms like that. And then we're doing all these advanced strategies just because we're trying to leverage the available capital we had on hand. You know, so we weren't trying to be fancy and we, weren't, we didn't read it in a book. Uh, we just kind of was like stumbled our way through it and, and came up with something pretty cool. And then so other people hear and they're like, what the heck? What are you guys doing? Like, we don't know. We're still learning. You know, we're rookies. We're just trying to figure it out like everybody else. So
0: where did you, so where'd you learn about the creative finance stuff from? Did you guys no. just really Google it,
1: no, it was actually, a
2: mentor mentor?
1: Yeah. Right? yeah I was going to say Ryan and Logan, Logan, former a lot of people know who he is from San Antonio Him and his partners do like maybe 200 deals a year by and sell. um, so they mentored me for the most part, but this one I caught Jaime Farias on actually from the Valley. I was driving to go see that farm and I couldn't see a strategy, but I knew the property was cheap and uh, I started talking to him about it. And then he was like, why don't you see if you can just offer her like a, like where you sell it off in pieces and then just start to pay her as you go. Um, Addison blanks put me on that one too yeah so between the two of them they just kind of said like hey offer her a little bit up front and as the property sells just pay her off well lucky for us you know as soon as we got it under contract we sold it immediately for you know for asking so she was okay with being able like if we sold it cut it into four pieces and sold it off in four tracks or eight tracks you know, she was willing to wait for her money um so that one just worked out like it just worked out by itself
0: Dope. and have you have you ever not been able to move a piece of land or have all these things Um, solved?
1: I don't know, not being able to move it, but I, I did have to bail on one. So I even paid 5000 for a survey, 70-plus uh, acres, Jacksonville, Texas area. And uh, I kind of got into it with the family, man. Yeah, because I had went out there to see it with my family, and one of the brothers was just a hothead. And he was like, oh, yeah, y'all came over here, and y'all threw a water bottle in my yard. And I'm like, man, look, we're not savages, you know what I mean? But it, was, it just, the deal just blew up. Yeah, I was like, you know what? You guys can keep that piece of property. I'm not going to do anything with it anymore um and then i could have you know kept the survey or whatever but it's their land whatever, and so I said, y'all could just keep the survey and that, that'll be my fee for bailing on the deal i said but i'm out i don't want to buy it no so I lost five grand but that's probably my, my biggest hit that i've taken so far other than that it's been pretty smooth sailing
0: and so how big would you say your previous ex, your previous business experience was in getting the land stuff off the ground and then hive mind off the ground I'm sorry, maybe, can you rephrase work.
1: that question or ask it again? I kinda
0: So you said you've been running like your own construction company for twenty years. How how much did that help you as getting with getting the land company off the ground and then getting Hyde Mind off the ground? I think it was a, a beautiful
1: culmination, man, because I've been running people forever, right? I started with my dad's construction company when I was like twelve years old. By 15, I'm running crews of grown men, you know, 30, 40 guys. And here's this kid barking at you like, hey, get over here, move over there, do that. So I kind of already had a lot of that. And then the people experience, having to manage people for such a long time. Um, so getting into real estate, again, just blessed to have a marketing background. You know, just, and I just, I learned marketing too, just by accident. Like I was just trying to get more business for my construction company, my dad's construction company, so we could eat, right? Because it was either feast or famine. Sometimes it wasn't work. So, coming into real estate, I already knew that uh, I was going to do a lot of numbers. So, I'm talking to uh, actually Michael Harridge from Australia. We're on the phone. It's probably one in the morning on the phone. And I was like, Yeah, I was like, you know, by the time I get to about a thousand deals, you know, I'm like making this, like I'm going to do this and that. And he starts chuckling and he's like, how do you know you're going to do a thousand deals if you haven't even done your first one yet? And I'm like, it's funny to me because like, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, no doubt we're going to do deals because of the marketing. Like it has nothing to do with me or my level of intelligence or my level, my knowledge of real estate. Coming in with that marketing background, I just know you run enough leads and you close them and that's it. That's the game. So it was like the easiest transition ever. And then now, you know, transitioning into Hivemind, the reason that we created it is because I I had a vision of starting like a, uh, like a affiliate program, you know, years ago, I just didn't know what it was going to be based around, but, um, I opened up, I never told you, like if you open up a bigger geographical area for a pay-per-click then it gets cheaper. so I opened up a nationwide pay-per-click ads, you know, in the very beginning early on to see what would happen to real estate for the real estate leads. And it started getting like 10, 20, 30 leads in a day. And I immediately turned it back off. Cause I'm like, man, that's going to be a never ending sea of crunching numbers, running numbers, emails, phone calls, text messages. So I'm like, you know what? I need a staff. But since I had been burned in construction before, like with personnel and just having like people you can't depend on, like I had no desire anymore to open up like a vertically integrated company where everything's carried on my back and I have to be like the main motivator in the morning. I'm like, I just don't wanna leave myself into it. I don't wanna bury myself underneath my business anymore. So we thought the only way that we could scale this thing is if we could just teach other people what we're doing for free. And then as they start to mimic the strategies, you know, some of them would come back and ask for help. So I started doing this in Facebook Messenger. You know, people would message and say, hey, i seen you in the group. I saw you did this and I saw you did that. Can you help me? And I'm just like, as fast as I could text people back, I'm just helping everybody. I'm not saying, hey, I'm a guru. Hey, pay me nothing. It's like answering the new people's questions like the, like, like the veterans did for me in the beginning. So I'm just texting people back, answering their questions, helping them get successful. And then they would come back and say, hey, I got that contract. Can you partner with me on it? Like, uh, yeah, I guess so. So the interesting phenomenon that as I started to help people, they started to bring me deals. So i'm like that's when the kind of it all come together like you know what okay yeah if we just start teaching everybody this um some are going to just be, do well on their own and run away and we'll never see them again but you know some of them are going to actually bring those deals back to us and we're going to 50 50 with the whole nation so it's like the easiest smoothest transmission transition into a new company ever man and
0: so how much of your time goes into hive mind and how much of it goes into the land investing now um, well, Daniel's like, he's the other half of my brain. Like he is the, he
1: was the original hive, right? He was like, I outsourced my brain to him. So he does a lot of the back end, technical, um, uh, you know, customer service. Like he's already has his VA set up. So it's almost passive to him. So I would say as far as like the software goes, maybe, you know, selling it might be just hanging out and teaching somebody about land and saying, here, here's what I could do for you. That's pretty much it. Consultation calls and they're infrequent, you know, maybe it's one a day, one every couple of days. And that's really all I do with the hive mind. And then for land, um, for the most part i'm not working my own leads anymore so they come into my crm and then my team takes over the leads that's what the system's designed to do so you're passive i haven't opened up my own um, crm since late february so it's been months since i've actually worked inside of my own business so a lot of what i do is like the one-on-one coaching one-on-one training i will get on the phone with sellers and and close them right and try to uh, get the contract or try to negotiate some kind of creative deal and I will get on the phone with buyers. A lot of our buyers are Spanish speakers. So I'll get on the phone with really? them and bring out the hammer and yeah, try to make them sign that contract and give us a non-refundable deposit. We'll ask like 5000 $10,000 non refundable you know, so you got to be pretty bold to ask people for that kind of money. So I'm happy like to, to help our team members get deals signed and I'm happy to help team members get deals sold, you know. So it's how we work it is, anyway.
2: yeah, how we work is I just, I run the software side. I do all the management for that because... The way it's going is that we're going to have like different divisions in our business as mind as a whole, just because as long as I keep the customers coming in and keep them happy and train them and keep it on the system, Anthony can do all the real estate side and handle that side of the business. So we do run it together, but I mostly do software and like I do underwriting too for deals and uh, comps and all that good stuff. So uh, we're, we're starting to do, we're starting to learn uh, triple net leases and ground leases. So I, I'm going to do a lot of that part of it too. And uh, he's just going to do the real estate side, so I'm kind of like the back end that does all the, all the software side, and then he just all the real estate side. So we know what each other are doing, and there's nobody has to, to ask any questions of who's doing what. We already know what our roles are, and we just we're both running full steam ahead in our, each direction. He's doing, I'm doing software, he's doing real estate, and we all come together to do Hide Mind.
0: What's the overall goal for Hide Mind within the next five years,
2: man?
1: Anthony, <laughs> I was going to say, it's funny. You know, somebody posted in one of the, the, the big groups on Facebook about real estate and they said, Hey, you know, what's your like goal? Like revenue wise, number of doors. And people are like, I want a thousand doors. I want 500 doors. And this is like two years ago plus. And I commented, I said, like, I don't keep numbers like that, you know, arbitrary numbers for no reason. You know? So I don't really have like Q1 goals, Q2 goals or anything like that. My main thing is just run a ton of traffic, add as many users as possible and then take that capital and then relocate it into hard assets, like mini storage, apartment complex, and that type of stuff. So yeah, I kind of just, my thing is like open up the marketing channels as wide as they're going to go, add as many people as we can to the system so we can help them find success and do as
2: many 50, 50 deals as we can. So one of our users, he actually, we started HiveMind in February, um, in June, I think he joined this like in April too. Like he joined late, late March, early April, he hit six figures, his first six figure month using our software. So, like, for us, it's just, like, it's not really about how much money we can make or how many users we bring in. It's, like, how many people can we make it six-figure months? How many people can we make it twenty million years And how many people can we help? Because, like, for us, our, our goal is for businesses to automate and accelerate. And if you can't do that, we failed you using our system. We failed you. Like, we didn't provide enough support. You didn't ask, you didn't ask enough questions. Like, what, what, at what part did we fail you as, as, a, as a software to not accelerate your business? Because, yeah the tools and resources are there you still have to utilize them that's what we always tell people
1: is that if we can't make you successful right then we fail because we're only you know positioning ourselves to be a 50 50 jv partner so if we bring somebody on that's new we help them run traffic and we help them set up all their systems and automate everything uh if they don't get any deals then neither do we right so it's and it's you know we would love for you to subscribe to the software and pay 100 200 bucks but yeah, you know, we want to do deals with our users, and you know, big deals. So that's not our main focus do as many big deals as we can as possible as fast as we can.
0: Daniel, when the hell did you get into software, dude?
1: Um,
0: <laughs> I, <laughs> it's,
1: it's, it's Charles's fault.
2: Okay. So, oh, we're, we're doing, we're hosting a, a Hive is live event in Dallas, Texas, August 28th and 29th. It's about two weeks out. Um, we, I've been out. I'm originally from trucking. I'm an ex truck driver if anybody doesn't know. Um, But I, when I was actually ran and operated my own trucking company, I got up to five trucks and I was pivoting at that time. So I was pivoting real estate. I fell into the data business and then I fell into just digital products. And I learned one of our speakers, his name is Charles Oglesby. Um, He's really big on digital products. So I've always interested in doing digital products as a whole. So as of last week, he just did $3 million in core sales. And he's speaking at our event so he they teach us to that if you do physical products and physical assets like there's there's overhead Logistical there's deliverability, there's shipping there's management there's all this other things depending on whether you're doing a fix and flip or you're selling or me doing trucking like there's so much that goes into every process just to make a dollar with digital products it's infinite and we're trying to really push our users to go into that niche because you can sell anything because you have the knowledge and information that you and experience that you've grown over time and everybody has something they can teach, whether yep. it's marketing, whether it's internet, whether it's real estate, whether it's how to underwrite a deal, whether it's how to find a deal, everybody has that skill and you should sell it. And you, once you create it once, you can sell it a thousand times.
0: Forever, forever. For, it's evergreen, bro. I'm, I'm getting really, I'm getting heavy into like info marketing and like online marketing. Everything. I think it's, It's massive, bro. Like, you can do a decent amount of money wholesaling, yes. But, bro, like, what you can do with online, with the ability to scale it, like, the lack of employees that you have to have, the lack of bullshit, right? To where, again, like, if you just have a good offer and then you start marketing, bro, it's crazy how much money. So,
2: we learned this from our mentor. Like, I didn't know nothing about this. So, when I found the data business, it was, like, digital products, and all I do is forward emails. Perfect. Keep that – go hard on that. Let's let's run it. And then – um, we're just, we're literally going hard on digital products. So like literally, um, he's selling, he's, he wrote a book, sold it for a dollar. He sold like to the, he sold over 2,500 copies and he sold 1200 in 20 in 48 hours for a dollar, a book. So when, when you start, when you start realizing that you can sell, you can create something once, whether it's intellectual property software, it doesn't really matter what it is. You can sell it infinitely forever and your kids can sell it forever because as long as the information is good, you can sell it forever. So. For us, we're creating more, we're, we're focused on, and I was looking for opportunity in the digital product space. And this opportunity came up and we just ran with it because I was already looking for something to go digital. And with software, it's replicatable. I can sell a thousand copies tomorrow and still sell a thousand copies next week.
1: Yep.
0: So,
2: Nothing to order, no new contracts, no dispo. <laughs> None of it. So for us, it's just getting people into the system. And the system is amazing the system can do so so much like I said one of our users literally hit 100 grand literally using the system in less than two months he was already good at what he does but the system when you use it properly can accelerate you into a whole not level which is which is what the key is that a lot of people are missing like you may be a killer but if you if you utilize tools and resources at your fingertips you can go to a whole nother level and that's how you, uh, that's how you scale. So a lot of people, they, they miss that and they like they go hard and they think it's they need more people. They need more people to make this work. But it's not really more people. You need more systems in place and processes that flow that make you scale to infinite.
0: Well, and bro, you're the one who first got me started on, you're like, Strat, you need to sell a course. I told you, you that. Bro, you told me, you're like, Strat, you need to sell a course. Like, you're leaving so much money on the table. You need to sell a course. You need to sell a course. And then now it's like, okay, now it's just been... I have two courses that are released this quarter that I've just been working on right ah. to start pushing and then like right it'll come on the podcast we'll have something on the podcast saying if you guys want to buy this course and yes guys I will charge you money but then I, I encourage you to go start a podcast and then sell a course through your podcast and then that podcast is there forever but it's just as good as a rental property right yep. people are going to listen to it people are going to go like oh they get the offer they go buy it and oh my god there's an extra $300 a month just from that from selling one course like, it's crazy what we don't know about, like, how much money people are making outside of real estate. Even though we can make tons of money inside of real estate, there's just so many opportunities.
2: Yeah. It's, it, and like I said, I, I, I've been telling everybody that. When I learned this, I'm like, everybody needs a course. Everybody – like, one of our users, he's picked it up so quick. He's selling a memorandum contract. He's selling um, t- title docs for uh, trust documents. So, like, he's picking it up, and I'm, I'm like – I'm happy for him because everybody should have products. We're in, we're in the day and age where you uh, – this is one of my quotes. I'll say it for the rest of my life. You, you, build, you, build your, um, you build your infamy off the content you produce. And you only have to create it once. And you can sell it forever. You can sell it forever. So um, I'm really, really huge, and I'm, I really go hard with it because I'm, I can see all the traction I'm getting just by creating content. There's no monetary value for it. I'm not getting paid right now, but it's Bitly Foundation. Anthony did a video on YouTube um, probably two years ago, when he f- before he even did his first wholesale deal. There's a video on YouTube. Go look at Anthony going to investments on YouTube. There's him talking about my first 30 days as a wholesaler. One of our users found that video from three years ago and is part of the hive mind, and that's how she's about to make 200 grand on her first deal. And that's from creating content on YouTube three years ago. You don't know what the ramifications are if you just start now.
0: Oh, it, so, we're at the point right now in our media company that we're shooting for a thousand pieces of content a month. Wow. Like, only, like a month, right? But, like, it, same thing, bro. Like, it, I'm evergreen. Everyone thinks of me. Now, might, again, when it goes into personal branding, hive mind, if anybody ever thinks about land, period, what do they think of? They think of Ant- Anthony and Daniel. Because they see you everywhere—Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, no matter TikTok, so, like all of it, like just everywhere—and that's like that's my goal with our media company. And then we're gonna start doing it for other people. But like, I just want to be everywhere. And then, who knows what I'll sell through it? I don't even know yet. But I just know I need to be everywhere and build so that.
2: Brand. It's it's huge though. So like, we're starting a podcast. We've been recording everything since we started Hive Mind because you know the power of, of information and content. So we've been recording every single. We do three meetings a week. Um, We do we do hour sessions, and then Saturdays is two hours. So we do three three meetings a week. All of it's recorded. We've been building the content. Not all of it's podcast worthy, but we have over sixty episodes of podcasts already recorded, ready to release. And it's all the stuff we've been building up and working and recording. Um, it's interviews with our users. It's interviews from our calls. It's bringing in uh, CPAs. It's bringing in Airbnb experts. It's like it's like random stuff, but we've been building up that content from day 1 when we started hidemind where now we have over 200 videos on youtube we have almost 700 posts on instagram in under 6 months like if you look at the date we started literally february and we have all this content built up and we're just rolling it out so we're laying a big foundation and one of the things is that we really want to get into more digital spaces so we'll be coming up with more courses and um we're uh i told anthony we need we need to do a book by the end of the year so Oh, yeah. as we as we increase our escalation, we're learning leveraging digital products, real estate and the knowledge we learned, the the people that produce the most content, they build the most biggest audiences. one of the biggest things of this and about this is Jake Paul. He's an annoying person, but the dude made over like 100 million or 50 million dollars in that fight. I don't even know how many he made multi-million dollars in yeah. a two hour fight with a pro boxer leveraging his YouTube audience.
0: The greatest pro boxer of all time.
2: Yeah, greatest pro boxer of all time. So if, if that doesn't if that doesn't show you the power of your audience and your leverage that you get with an audience, like you need to start building your audience today with products, courses, information, content to start producing that content immediately because five years down the line, 10 years down the line, it could be worth millions of dollars and it's on autopilot.
0: And for you guys listening, think about this when he did the gotcha hat thing. I was like bro he's a fucking genius. So he takes off Floyd Maywe- Floyd Mayweather's hat. Takes it. And then 2 hours later on Instagram he has swipe up to get a gotcha hat hat. Yep. I bet it's you brilliant. he made multiple six figures off of that.
2: It's brilliant. The, I even brilliant. saw one today. Uh the, I forget his name. Um he sold a do- $1 NFT sold um 1 million copies in 57 seconds.
0: I think that was Tory Lane's, right?
2: Yeah, Tory Lane's. I forgot the name. Yeah, they're Tory Lane's. It was insane. And that's the power of a one dollar product with an audience that you can make a million dollars in under six seconds. It's nuts.
0: Yeah. You everyone listening, I'm telling you, you are using social media the wrong way. You're consuming like our content. Yes, but I do think you need to be putting out content all the time. All everyone who's in business. Or even if you're not in business, you just want to be an influencer and get paid for being hot or being cute or for your feet, whatever you want to do. <laughs> if you put it out there, I'm telling you, like you'll get the followers and then you'll be able to monetize it. Like it's yep. crazy. It is absolutely insane.
2: So one thing I told Anthony is that literally with what we do and what, since we teach real estate and we have a software that helps all businesses because we have a surfboard client, we're getting a, uh, we have a couple clients that run multiple businesses through our system, um, we're, we're picking up a, uh, a, a beauty salon client that's using hide Mind, a real estate software. The software can be used for any type of business. Literally with our product, we can sell to anybody. How many people want to learn real estate? Everybody that turns 18 every, every day, like there's infinite supply. And when, and there's a, we're in another mastermind and I, I love that mastermind. It's one of the, one of my greatest things that I do. I never miss calls or anything. What's they the said, the um, it's the Todd capital mastermind. It's one of my mentors. He does a mastermind for literally $50 a month. It's what insane. It? The Todd capital mastermind.
0: Oh, I think I follow it, that page.
2: Yeah. Todd capital on Instagram, Todd billion on Twitter. That is one of our mentors. And, uh, I did, I did an Instagram live with him yesterday, but, um, you can, you can go to tcmastermind.biz. You can find all of our mastermind products but what i heard in the last week was a lot of people think of business as a local business but you got to think of your business as a global business and that's where you get to the opportunity to reach the world a lot of people think too small on their business and their opportunity and like oh, i'm only going to work in one, my market like you got to you got to make your op- you got to make your business into a global business and i think we're 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 literally striding every day like we have a couple canadian users we have one user who lives in who lives in Africa. Um, we have a, we have a users in Australia. So we're already hitting the global market, and we just started six months ago. So when you when you when you switch your mind to making a global business instead of a local business, things change.
0: So and with that being said, how do you combat being a global business and not making money in your niche right now?
2: We're we're making money in our niche,
0: <laughs> but uh, like I'm talking about, like taking this thing to eight multiple eight figures in your niche and then going wider, like like against like the business philosophy of deeper not wider is what I'm saying.
2: So the reason why we're going wide and maybe Anthony can speak on this. This is more of his his the reason why we're going wide and not deep, is because our customers are infinite. Our our customers can be your neighbor. And I, I, I think it's take over. On the yeah,
1: point. I was going to say that it's I think it's as far as like going deep and instead of wide. I, I don't think in terms of going wide uh, as our global users. Right. Um, I think the depth that we are taking advantage of and capitalizing on is. Um, is just our, our niche in general. So we're going like into real estate like we know this could have been a, any kind of company. We could have launched it with any kind of software. It could have been a, a do software. So we just went as deep as possible into real estate, even beyond some of the depths of what the gurus might sell you. Um, and that's the only thing that we use for momentum. So we're just going as, as deep as we can into that one space. And then uh, as far as like our user base being spread out again, it's, it's less about dominating in your like local market. Our local market is um, is just real estate and land. And that's what's setting us apart from everybody else. So as we, we penetrate deeper and deeper into the land space, and drive up the volume, you know, to infinity, and then we're just kind of just like covering the the whole entire globe with just the same concept. So it's not affecting our ability to go deep. Love that answer.
0: Yeah. Do you guys have any other parting words?
1: I wanted to say something real quick, just to back us up for ten seconds about um, social media marketing because we did touch that and then we moved on. Um, I'll make it real brief. Hold on, bro. I, I, go ahead. You thank care, you. I'll tell you what. Thank you. And yeah, my, my, my mic stand is getting goofy, so I'm having to support it here. So sorry if I have some awkwardness. But um, I think something that I did in my career, I've been learning you know, marketing for almost 15 years and something that I really hesitated on and that I regret now is that marketing is this simple. Everybody wants to wait until they're a guru or, or until they're successful before they start creating this content because then they think, well, people are gonna respect me because of the numbers that I'm doing. But that's the biggest mistake and the biggest mindset mistake that I had ever made in my, my life and my career is the content that you're creating should be what's happening on a day-to-day basis from launch day. So my first YouTube video that pertains to real estate says uh, my first 30 days as a wholesaler. And I said it on this interview. I didn't get a contract till like after day 40 or something like that so in my video i said i guess you can call me a wannabe wholesaler because i haven't done any deals yet you know so i like plug fun it myself and i think people really really miss that and it it pains me to think that i did it so i want other people to avoid the trap is record everything record your very first property walk record yourself calling the sellers for the first time record yourself hanging up banded signs you know if real estate is your niche but if you're in another niche if you're in a kick baking niche Just show what happens in the kitchen, show everything that you put into that, you know, show how clean everything is in there and the lighting and what it took to get the lease done and why you were hunting for a building. Like start recording that content early and then you have free product to push out into the marketplace that becomes uh, essentially your sales funnel. So as you're, you're creating this content, all you're doing is recording your life, nothing special about it, package it in a cool way or in a bad way, throw it up on social and that's part of your sales funnel because you never know where somebody's gonna find you. So by letting those minutes and those days and those moments pass you by, you're losing out on valuable content. So my, all I wanted to say was just make sure you capitalize on everything. If you no matter where you're headed, no matter how far along you are.
0: Well, and people got to know your journey, dude. And it, it's a lot more personable that way. You're not just some guy on YouTube talking about he's making millions of dollars. They can relate to you. And like, they can see that entire journey and I feel like it builds the brand even bigger.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I've had people call me up now and I, I posted my real estate journey on YouTube and people message me like, man, I've been watching your videos since the very first one when you hadn't done no deals and you come so far so fast. And so by the time they call us, they're like I already sold. Like, I'm joining the mastermind. Like, I don't even have to say anything to them. They're like, we're in. know you. Me in. Yeah.
0: Well, they already yeah. know you because they that's, listen to all your stuff.
1: That's another thing, too. They're like, man, I just been watched all your videos. <laughs> like, well, thank you. I appreciate that.
0: <laughs> so it's
1: cool. Yeah. They, like you said, they already know who you are. They know your name. They're familiar with you and they are ready to give you their credit card before you even talk to them. So that's something interesting. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of like you said, spreading it out on Instagram, just a little, little bit of something everywhere goes a long way because some people only want to see YouTube. Some people only want to see Instagram. So it's like just drip stuff everywhere. Uh, re- we recycle stuff. We repackage stuff. So we we'll re- record a Zoom. We we'll dump it on the YouTube, take small clips of that, dump it into Instagram. So we're just like constantly just recycling content and just spreading it out as far as it'll go. And that's pretty much the game. I think any new person can do that. You don't have to be successful. You don't have to be wealthy. You don't have to have a cameraman. I mean, a lot of our best you know, content has just been shot with a cell phone
0: i'm on my iphone right now and it's the yeah. best camera i'm going to buy more expensive cameras for our studio but like this thing's in 4k like it looks pretty good alex yeah your picture's beautiful yeah <laughs> that's the world we live in now
1: because, yeah like let's not let's not waste time let's not get fancy and if you skip over that that desire to be fancy or the desire to say hey look at my bank account now you should listen to me like nah man it's day one day one that you launch when you're bootstrapping it when there's nothing in the account start recording that day
2: Exactly. Yeah. So I had, I had a meeting with one of my clients yesterday, and I've never had a conversation like this before, but it was a wife and her husband, but he was blind. And he's t- he tells me that he listens to all my videos on YouTube. He's like, I, I listened to the call from yesterday, and I, I appreciate you explained a lot of the details that – I'm really glad you went into detail about it. I'm like, what? like this is he's like, and he was like yeah. he's like I, I, I didn't see the YouTube I heard it and I'm like because I'm blind I'm like, oh <laughs> but so one, cool. it, it was one of those things where like you don't really know who who is listening and what they're listening to and what information they're getting from the content you produce and a lot of people they don't some people don't like and share your videos but people are watching and it's not really about you. the likes and the shares and all that stuff people are watching no matter what you post even if they don't like it <laughs> So you got to get overcome that fear of, I don't know if it's good enough. I don't know if I, if I, if if I said something stupid in that interview, should I post it or cut it out? like, it doesn't matter when, when you come across and you stutter and you say something wrong and it's okay. It's okay. It shows how human you are and you're, you're bound for, you're bound to make more errors. (laughs) Hey, I was going to say in in that, that uh,
1: 30 days video that I did, I promise you right now, live on air. That's the worst quality YouTube video on YouTube, the sound quality, the pictures are shaking and stuff on my dash cam while I'm driving. So it made the audio even more terrible. And then that fear part of myself told myself, like, don't post that video. That video is crap. You know, just shoot another one. And I made myself post it, you know, just to say, you know what? It's done. It's already up. It's too late. So and we yeah, need dude. more
0: at bats, dude. Like we social yeah. media is all about eyeballs right. and at bats. Like I just want yeah. as many eyeballs and as many chances to go viral as possible. Right. Yeah, my friend Natalie, and I'll have her on this podcast. They scaled a pre-workout company to, I think, two million, and within two years, all off of TikTok. She did a video of her, like, demoing her pre-workout on TikTok, and it went viral. And then she can't keep up with their demand; they had to go buy a warehouse.
2: That's what I'm telling you. That's why we're on TikTok. Everybody bro. like I I told I, I had a call and I'm like, get on TikTok. I'm like what you mean, like scroll and see people dancing? I'm like, no, post your content on TikTok.
0: You have to. this this you'll be you guys will be tagged on this on TikTok, but like I am massive on TikTok, bro. You, you nowhere else can you get as many eyeballs.
2: Yeah, it's crazy. It's literally crazy. Um I do we do have a course that I did I do want to say. So uh we're using our platform for a lot of these automations. So if you text us at 210-972-1842, you just text the word course, uh, you'll get a link to our dollar course how to make six figures on one land deal.
0: Say that one more time, the number. Uh,
2: The number is 210-972-1842. Anybody can text it now whether they're listening live or if you're listening to the recording three days from now.
1: Hey, I was gonna say something about that. So that's another like Charles thing, right? Cause he pushes you to have digital products and multiple products. Twice now, I wanna say like in the last yep. maybe 72 hours, somebody bought the course, the dollar course. And then like, we just got an email notification right now while we were on this call. And the somebody that just bought the course like an hour ago, just signed up for HiveMind. So that dollar lead magnet is everything, $1.
0: And that's why we got to write a book too. The book is not going to make you any money, but it's a great lead, ma- lead magnet. I was at a conference the other day of just writing a book as a lead magnet to monetize off of so many other ways.
2: Yep. Yep. And like and the one thing we learned from our other mentor too is have more product. You you as an individual, if all you have is is a, a course, you need more product. And that's what one thing we're taking really to heart is you need people want to give you money if they support you. And the more product you have, the more people will support you. So if you got digital products, physical products, courses, apparel items, um, you can go to shop.hybminecrm. You can literally buy a hat, a shirt, a polo. He's wearing. If you become a user, you get a free item. Like you got to have more product to supply to people that want to support you. And people just do it. It's not. It's not. For me, I'd rather wear personal brands of other entrepreneurs. Fuck Nike. Fuck Louis Vuitton. Fuck all them. All them high, high price. Brands, I'd rather wear a local brand and support a local business versus supporting Nike and Adidas.
0: Well, I'd rather wear my brand
2: (laughs) or or your brand, exactly. I'd rather, I'd rather, I'd rather wear my own brand. Like Anthony ordered 20 shirts everywhere he goes, he wears a Hide Mind shirt. It's not that everywhere he goes, I mean, everybody's a potential customer. Hey, he wears a Hide Mind shirt everywhere he goes, and it's one of those things where you need to wear your brand, wear it proudly. And like one thing about that mastermind, um, put out there, put out there what, if you're afraid to sell to your customers and be afraid of what your family and friends will say about it, they're not your customers, your fans, mm-hmm. your fans and people that will support you are your customers. So don't be afraid of what, what people say. So like literally, uh, we're in a mastermind call, uh, a guy has his own sunglass brand sunglasses and he's like, Hey, I, I want to get in more re- retail store locations I'm like, dope, dope, dope. In my mind, I'm thinking, one of our clients owns a surfboard shop. They just came up and running. They need sunglasses. So I made the call. Hey, uh, you want sunglasses in your shop? Yeah, let's meet this weekend. So that's literally I'm meeting either tomorrow or Friday with the shop and the sunglass brand owner to put their sunglasses in this local shop. I didn't know he needed that, but he put out, he, he got over his fear and put out that he wanted to be in more store locations. I heard it. I'm able to facilitate that with no monetary compensation. It was just a good deed. I hope they make a ton of money together. It's awesome.
0: <laughs> but it's all through social, bro. It's all through social. All of you guys, I'm telling you, get more active. If you're not, you're leaving seven figures on the table every year at least. And I truly, truly, truly do believe that. My social media makes me a lot of money. It's how one of our companies has grown. It's created another company for us. Like our affiliates are pretty big all through social. That's it. You got Got any parting words, Daniel and Anthony?
1: Oh, um, that's it, man. Fun. Yeah, I just appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having us on here, dude. This was awesome. I've been looking forward to meet you and chat with you. Daniel talked so highly of you. So, yeah, super blessed. And We appreciate your awesome. time.
0: Thank you, bro. Yeah, yeah. This, was, this was dope.
1: I need to um, look into some land. I'm slacking. We're always glad to help, man, and mastermind with you on a strategy. We can help you set up a campaign in any market of your choosing. Um, yeah, if you guys want to learn anything more about the hive Mind or about land investing, you can check us out on Facebook at uh, CRM um and yeah we just help everybody whether you're using the system or paid or not we just help everybody in the group and it's super super positive group i think it's the most positive real estate group on facebook i like to say um okay, if there's it, anybody deal. anybody that's drops any kind of negativity at all you're automatically blocked and kicked off the page oh, without right. a warning so there's a
0: lot of it's a, <laughs> a
2: healthy environment because we cultivated it that way <laughs> with an iron fist
0: um, when's your guys' event announce that too
2: uh august 28th and 29th in dallas texas um you can get tickets at the hive is slash
0: event sweet all right okay last last thing why'd you guys throw an event
1: i'll tell you the purpose for creating this why did we why did we throw an event i think the same reason why oh, we created the okay. crm is because i think the crm is beautiful it's powerful i haven't ever seen anything more powerful but my main thing is i'm after the human connection that's what we're after more so than dollars more so than doors We're trying to build as many human connections as possible so the people that have already been involved in the community they know who we are we talk to them almost daily they're growing with us we're creating this beautiful culture and community together it's like so i wanted us to all come together to build that community to build that strength between us so that when you're doing deals with people you know and you're going to risk making 100 or 200 or something on a deal like i at least want to shake your hand and see who i'm talking to you know so that's what it is just about building the culture for the most part
2: a ton of people devalue devalue the power of human connection but it's the most powerful asset you can create it's more powerful than money because if you create and if you create and cultivate that relationship it can turn into millions of dollars for the rest of your life
0: yep all right boys thank you so much thank you guys so much for tuning in everybody have a great day Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Winning Move podcast. I hope it helps you make all the right moves in your life and business. Please make sure to go like and subscribe on any podcast platform that you're listening to. And make sure to go follow me on Instagram at StratDaddy. Thank you guys so much.